0: This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit that subscribe and like button on whatever you're listening on. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Good Iron Battle Zone, Brian King. We've got the director of operations for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, Scott Crawford, here. Our special guest tonight is a former MLB outfielder, also spent one year in Japan. Uh, In the major leagues, he played with the Brewers, Blue Jays, Nationals, and of course, the Texas Rangers where he finished seventh in rookie of the year voting. He's got 220 homer seasons under his belt, two seasons in the top five for assists in left field. And check this out. He is ranked, think about how many baseball players there have been all time. He's ranked 82nd all time in fielding percentage at his position. We're talking 140 years of baseball. That's a pretty good number there. I've never even Uh, heard that stat before. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a legit stat. Maybe I should have
1: won a gold glove. That was bad. I was playing. That's when they used to give them all the center fielders. Now they do corner
0: guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we, we got we got, uh, Al Furrier here, Kevin Mensch. Kevin, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Awesome. Tonight's, se- be? tonight's the is going to be the greatest tech, top five Texas Ranger outfielders of all time. As usual, we'll, talk, we'll discuss eight. We'll pick five at the end with our vote, and then we'll have a Q&A for Kevin about his career we're going to start tonight out with Ruben Sierra.
2: All right, Ruben Sierra, uh, 1986 to, to 92. Uh, he left for a while. He came back 2000 to 2001. Left for a while, came back in 2003 with the Rangers. Uh, right fielder, was a switch hitter out of Puerto Rico, nicknamed El Caballo, uh, which means the horse. Uh, Sierra was brought up uh, to the Rangers in 1986. He had a very solid rookie year, 16 home runs, 10 triples, he was sixth in the Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, He continued to get better. In 1987, he led the league in at-bats, sack flies, uh, and he hit a career-high 30 home runs, had 109 RBIs. Uh, In 88, another very good campaign, 23 homers, 91 RBIs. Uh, Then in 1989, that was like truly a very special year for Sierra. Uh, He played all 162 games for the Rangers, Topped 100 runs, led the majors and triples with 14. Um, He had 29 homers. Uh, He led the league in RBIs uh, with uh, 119. He had the most uh, total bases, best uh, slugger percentage. He was the AL player of the month for June, uh, made his first All-Star game, was named the Silver Slugger for outfielders, won the home run (laughs) derby, and took second in the uh, league MVP voting uh, to Robin So just a heck of a year in 1989. Uh, CR continued quality production in 90, 91, 92, and then he was dealt to the Oakland A's in exchange for Jose Canseco, a great player. Uh, he went on to be dealt to the Yankees for another great player, Danny Tarnable, and then he ended up in Detroit in exchange for yet another great slugger, uh, uh, Cecil Fielder. Um, but he struggled with injuries the next few years, so he eventually returned to Texas in 2000, and then after batting 291 and hitting 23 homers in 2000, in uh, 2001, he was named a comeback player of the year. Um, so Sierra's sixth all-time in homers for the Rangers in their club history, fifth in RBIs, third in triples, second in sack flies. He was a dangerous hitter, obviously highly sought after in trades, and really one of the best players overall in
0: Rangers history. So, Kevin, when, when I think Texas Rangers, there's three players that always come to my mind. Nolan Ryan for pitching, of course, Pudge Rodriguez, and Ruben Sierra, but is is Ruben Sierra maybe a bigger name because he went to the Evil Empire after the fact and 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 played there than so much from his time on Texas? And I mean, he's a multiple All Star. What what do you think of him as a player? Ruben, yeah, we we call him El Indio, the Indian. He could he could.
1: I played with him here in 03. That man could turn on a 150 mile an hour fastball about letter high. He could hit it anywhere, right handed, left handed. He swung it. Uh, I think a, like a 36, 35 from the left and a 35, 34 from the right. So he could swing it. Man, he could, he could throw the ball too. And just, he always had a smile on his face. He just ha- had fun playing the game. You could tell just by looking at him. We used to bust his chops because he would dress up to, I mean, we're talking full on, just basically just right off the shelf type of mannequin type. He could dress for sure. So, but India, India was, he was a great player, great great teammate as well.
0: Do you remember any reactions to hearing that he had been traded? Like, I mean, he was the franchise player at that time.
1: Um, no, because I got up – I was up in 2 and then he was here 3 as kind of a, like a, you know, DH, play some outfield. But most of the time he was just DH at that point. But he could – I mean, he could still play. I'm sure he could probably still play today. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, but he had all the attributes that you needed, uh, as you know, for – you know that guy, hit five-tool player to be able to, to do that, and the abilities and and what he had. So I mean, he was he was a special, special talent, and a
0: switch hitter at that. Do you think they got a fair return with getting Jose Canseco? I don't know. It, depends, it all depends on where he was
1: in his career at that, where they where Jose was in his career at that time. Because you know, when he, his time in Texas really spent with the ball that bounced off his head over the fence, it's all you really see. <laughs> he was here. You know, so and then I think he ended up at late after Jose left here. He ended up in Tampa, maybe. I, he, he was, was in that.
0: Tampa, yeah. I'm not sure if that was the next team or not. I know he's with the Yanks for a while, too. But yeah, but, but yeah, but you yeah, know, is definitely one of the top five outfielders in Rangers history for sure. Excellent. Let's move on to Juan Gonzalez.
3: This, uh, this list, I mean, Juan Gonzalez easily for me is, is number one. Um, 13 years in Texas, 1400 games. 293 hitter, uh, 565 slugging, 133 OPS plus, 32 WAR. I mean, he was he was so good. Two MVPs, five Silver Sluggers, two All-Star games. I mean, you can go on and on about Juan Gonzalez and how good he how good he was. And if you look at the all-time rankings for Texas, I mean, look look at this list. He's number one in home runs, RBIs, and extra base hits. Number two in slugging, OPS, and total bases number four in runs and doubles, and number five and at-bats and hits. I mean, Juan Gonzalez was just a stud in Texas, and he spent most of his career there. Obviously, he went on after, after Texas to... Uh, Detroit. Detroit, and then back to Texas, or then Cleveland, back to Texas, then Kansas City, and then one game with Cleveland, then his career. But, you know, he spent, you know, 80% of his career with Texas, and he's, he's by far their, their greatest hitter to, uh, to play for Texas.
0: So he does on all the stats. I know, Kevin, back in the day, there was a lot of questions as to whether he did it legitly or not. We don't have to bring that up if you don't want to. But the man could swing the bat. His fielding left a little to be – it wasn't super great. But but what are your thoughts on Juan uh, as a Texas Ranger?
1: I mean, I I said I played with him as well. watching that man swing the bat. uh, uh, One time we were actually in Toronto watching him take batting practice. And he was hitting balls so like somebody would hit a three iron. The bat he swung didn't. It wasn't a very. It wasn't a wow. big head on the bat, and it was just just absolute rockets off that back that facade in the second in the first deck in Toronto. He was just hitting balls that basically started the shortstop and end up in that right off that facade. I mean, he could hit some BBs. Uh, I mean, I was at the end of his career, so I don't know how he was as far as. I mean, fielding-wise, he was probably just, you know, maybe an average to a little bit above average fielder. And when I played with him, I don't know how he was prior to that. But, I mean, he that man could
0: swing a bat and could drive in runs like nobody's nobody's business. I know towards the end of his career, his body was really bit beat up. Um, but he's kind of one of those guys that just kept, like, hanging on. I mean, what are your thoughts in general, like, baseball players that they just they kind of play past their prime? Do you think – they should move on and, you know, let the younger guys come in, or should they just play as long as they can? I mean, to each his own, really. Some guys,
1: you know, just hang on to, to hang on. Some of them are, you know, still in contracts they have to deal with. Uh, I mean, it's that's the organization's decision, really. They're going to keep somebody that way, or is there something better out there? And that, you know, as far as teammate-wise, he always had a smile on his face. You know, I was fortunate when I played with, a lot of veteran guys that you know that were but they were fun to be around they were just fun guys to sit and watch and learn from and see and uh you know as a kid watching those guys you know the juan gonzalez pudge alex and now all of a sudden i'm on the same team with them and watching this, the things that they do is just i mean that's I still a fan but it, but at the same time now i'm a teammate with them watching them and you know letting them you know they've taken me under their wing and just kind of you know show me throw me the ropes and how to really you know move forward with my career.
0: Let's move on to Joey Gallo and he might be the most recent player we're talking about tonight, but, uh, it was with the Rangers from 2015 to 2021. Um, Joey has a very, very wild swing. Let me put it like that. He tries to hit the ball 500 yards or 500 feet every time he swings the bat. Um, so after that time, uh, with his Rangers, he, he did move on to, uh, the evil empire, the the Yankees there. And then, uh, the Dodgers now, but two-time All-Star and two gold gloves with the Texas Rangers. And his he was in that 2021 home run derby. The guy can hit the ball a mile. Um, so in 2021, this was his last season with Texas, he led the L the AL not only in walks, but also in strikeouts, which that I find that kind of unusual. You don't usually find players that lead in both those categories. So that that was interesting to me to see. Um he, he did strike out a lot in his career to the tune of over 1,500 so far. Um But, you know, he, he's got s- seasons in the top 10 for homers uh, per at bat. So he's just like your typical today type player. You either strike out or you hit a home run, but perfect fielding percentage in the year 2020. And just on a side note, <laughs> I found this really interesting. He went to the prom with Greg Maddox's daughter, I mean, that's pretty cool, and uh, once got into a fight when he was a kid because some kids said there was no Santa Claus, so he went and beat the crap out of him, so I thought that was pretty cool. So that's Joey Gallo. So, Kevin, as I kind of just mentioned, today's baseball players, it seems you either strike out or you hit a home run. Joey fit, fits right into that mold. Uh, you know, What are your thoughts on that style of baseball and, and, and Joey?
1: Baseball seems to be sinking itself nowadays. Guys are, you know, they, if you watch, uh, Jeff Fry and I always had this discussion, we, you know, throughout social media about these gurus that want to teach guys to hit like an Aaron Judge, like a Joey Gallo. You can't, everybody's not the same, right? So they're, they're trying to teach that. They're also trying to teach longer swings for when guys, and as guys throw harder, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think this year only, what, eight, Guys hit over 300 in both leagues. I mean, it's – and the, the team averages were atrocious. You know, I mean, it was 220. Starting lineups, I, I, looking at some, some guys, 249 was the top batting average for a starting lineup. I mean, this is – is this baseball anymore? And, guy, you know, Gallo, they played the shift on him. He's probably – he's one of those guys that complained about the shift. Learned to hit the ball the other way, right? That's what it's about. It's about defensive scheme. It's – you don't see teams complaining in football if they put – Four safeties on one side to cover one guy. Well, that's not. That's then make an adjustment. But that's the problem. Nobody wants to make the adjustment. They want to piss and moan and complain. I can't win, so I don't want to play, or I'm going to pout. And when I played, guys were surgical at the back. You're going to play over. We're going to hit behind them. You're going to play that way. I'm going to. They're going to figure out ways to beat you. Right? They're not the shift. Whatever. That's that's a part of baseball. It's a part of sports. But now they're like I said. They're trying to change the rules so this everybody can 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 participate in this and that, it's just, it's just, it's terrible. And you're right. I mean, you've got 17 inning games where there's four hits, five hits and 40 plus strikeouts. Gone are the days of the 20 game winners. You know, you're at some point, you're going to see seven man rotations. Eight wins might be, and that might be out of the bullpen, might be your league leader, right? As far as, and that's what I mean. So it just, guys don't know how to, how to hit anymore? They just swing, and guys don't know how to really don't know how to pitch anymore. They just throw. So there are some guys that are there. So it's that that new school, which is about me. I do this with the old school team. So you still have these old school managers. you know Texas brought in Bochy. They also brought in Mad Dog uh, Mike Maddox for pitching for old school guys, and hopefully can try and swell this and and get back to baseball. Right, hitting and run, bunny. I mean, then why do we have two leagues now? If you're not going to let your pitchers hit. Don't have two leagues. Don't say American League. You're, there's no more American League and National League, right? I grew up on National League Baseball. I'm a Phillies fan. I grew up watching it, you know, learning. Pitchers could hit, right, at that time. They could. Some can't, but, you know, but they're not being taught now, so what's the point? Right, right. So, and it's
0: it's just not even fun to watch, really. One final stat on Gallo there, if you, if you look at his career statistics, his batting average starts in the 220 range, and it just keeps coming down every year. He hit, like, 160-something last year, so he's just keeps dropping and dropping. But uh, let's move on. The line is going to be the gold standard for hitting. 200, yeah, probably. All right, let's uh, move on to Rusty Greer. All right,
2: Rusty Greer, 1994 to 2002, all with the Rangers his his entire career, left fielder. Um, In Greer's very first game and second at bat, he hit a home run, becoming only the second Ranger to ever do that. Uh, Ruben Sierra was the first. Uh, The best way to describe Greer is that he was an all-out team player, uh, willing and unafraid to do whatever was necessary uh, to help his team win games. I mean, he once put his body on the line to make a diving catch in order to preserve Kenny Rogers' perfect game. Um, And this, you know, sort of style really made him a fan favorite. Uh, Greer was very effective at the plate. Uh, He had double-digit home runs in each of his first seven seasons uh, with a career high of 26 in 1997, uh, he, he also batted at least two ninety-seven in six of his first seven seasons, with a high mark of three thirty-two in 1896, which was the fifth highest league-wide. He topped 40 doubles three times, 100 RBIs three times, and 100 runs three times. Uh, 1997 was certainly his best season. He was top 10 league-wide in Office of War, batting average on base percentage, singles, doubles, runs, hits, and several other uh, categories, 20 in all. Uh, unfortunately, Greer's all-out style caused him to be in, injured frequently. Uh, he missed about 250 games over his final three seasons in the league. He attempted a comeback in 2004 uh, to strictly play, play a DH, but that never really ended up materializing. Uh, but still a very strong uh, you know, Texas Ranger for seven seasons.
0: I look at our list today, and I feel like he might be the best all-around player when we're talking all-around game. Uh, Kevin, just Rusty Greer, just a a perfect name for a Texas Rangers player. Rusty Greer. I mean, that just that's just awesome. You know, what are your thoughts on him? He th- this guy could field, and he was he did the dirty things that that you love from a ball player.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I watched him as well. You know, played with him. He and I kind of I guess had that same style. Uh, good old Thurman Clyde. He does. We he's what actually gave my nickname Shrek, and I still hate him for it. But. Uh, <laughs> But no, Rusty could Rusty could do it all. He could play and he, he'd probably bat lead off. He could probably hit in three hole if he needed him to. Um, like I said, it was at the end of his career when I played with him. But you know, he was another guy just had a smile on his face and had fun uh fun doing it. And he's definitely a, a top five uh Rangers outfit at all time for sure. But like you said, what he what he put his you know his body through, him. and that's just you know, a blue collar type of player. That's that's kind of like I said, how I kind of mimic my game after him and they said I'm glad I was able to, to play with him for a while here. Like I said, I still see
0: a lot of these guys. They all live around here. So we run into them a lot. And I just, before we move on to our last four players, I do want to point out, too, that we're not counting any players that played for – the Washington Senators so this is Texas Rangers stats only i realized that the senators became the rangers and also nelson cruz was a dh i know i know he played a couple games in the outfield so we didn't include him in our list tonight as well but so we'll move on to our next player and that's going to be josh hamilton
3: yeah josh hamilton one of the most interesting stories in baseball when I mean, you look how how good he was coming out of high school had a whole whack of drug issues and injuries and and, uh, you know, things that led to a, a downfall of his what could have been a, an amazing career, uh, at least a, at least the potential for one. Um, but, yeah, he ended up playing six years in Texas. Heard a lot. He only played 700 games in those six years. But uh, when he played, I mean, he was a 300-hitter with, a, you know, 516 slugging. He had a 23 war over those six years. And really, I mean, his six years is his last year in the show. Um, so it was sort of like he played 50 games. So. Didn't really count too well. So the five main years he played in Texas, he was an all-star all five times, um, won three Silver Sluggers and and an MVP. So I mean, when when he finally got his life in line, life in order, um, he was one of the best players in baseball for for what turned out to be a short time. But he still had five all-star games, um, you know. So for five years in a row, he's one of the best in the game, and you know he, he uh, you know he won a batting title, he won an RBI title, he won a slugging percentage title. Um so he was a really good player. It's just a downfall of his uh I think the beating up of his body when he was younger led to uh you know his body breaking down even earlier than it uh than it should have in his in his career. But when he was healthy, he was he was one of the best in the game and, and obviously one of the best with, with Texas. And being here in Tampa
0: before he before we moved him on to Texas, there were there were a lot of stories about what was going on with his career and, and the Rays really did him a favor. Trading him out to give him a chance to to get his life right and be successful, Kevin. Your, your thoughts on Josh Hamilton? In my opinion, he was the best hitter in baseball for at least two seasons, maybe more. Um, he he fought his demons. Uh, that that's it's a hard hard road to go through. Yeah, I mean it's Josh and I were drafted the same year, '99. He was the first pick in our draft that year. Played against
1: him in Princeton, and uh, and then it, it kind of felt went by the wayside with. I think he ended up in Cincinnati first for a little bit and then ended up here. He, uh, I mean, talent-wise, I mean, he had all, you know, he could ask for six foot five. I mean, he built like a linebacker. I still see him. He lives right down the street. I drive past his house all the time to see him, talk to him, uh, just kind of keeps, keeps to himself now. But, uh, but I mean, talent-wise, he had all the ability. You know, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know, of, of the what could have been for him and, and what he's been through. But, uh, you know, he's... You know, another one of those guys is, is definitely belongs on that list. And like I said, it would have been fun to see him play for,
0: you know, 10, 15-plus years if, if, uh, if he was capable of doing so. And I think if, if, we, if we go back in time here a little bit and we say that they had social media and the mainstream media that we have today that they had back in, like, Mickey Mantle's time, I, I think people will be saying the same thing, you know, uh, about Mickey Mantle. Like his, his career was heavily into alcohol. Who knows what else he might have been doing. But we didn't have the, the media that we have today. So um, I, I think he's a success story no matter what. Uh, I'm just very impressed with what I know that he overcame. But let's move on to uh, Shin Shok Chu, So our only Asian player tonight on this list, born in South Korea, right fielder. Um, seven seasons with the Rangers, as well as being an all-star in 2018. He's got 799 games with Texas under his belt. Um, a solid, solid all-around player. However, he he does fit into that strikeout category, which is surprising because usually the, the Asian-style players don't have as m- many strikeouts, but he's got over 1,500 as well in his career. But... Um, He's got four seasons in the top 10 for walks with Texas. And as I mentioned, he's a good filter, had a little bit of speed. He is 20th all time in hits for Texas, 15th in runs, 10th in walks. Um, and unfortunately, though, he is fifth in strikeouts. Um, but, you know, it, it's a tough transition for some of those guys coming over to uh, from from Asia to the to Major League Baseball. Kevin, you you did the opposite. You went and played a year in Japan. You know, what are the differences uh, over there and 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 here uh, on the field?
1: You know, they don't. The Japanese don't strike out a lot, for sure. From what I've got, I'm not sure how that it is in Korea. I had a buddy that played over there. I have to I have to really ask him. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's you know it's a learning experience. He was in Cleveland for a while before he came here. It's when he I think he signed a seven year deal. I think is what it was. Um, at the time, and, and it was one of those where I think they were comparing him to a Jacoby Ellsbury, and the numbers they threw out, the, the money they threw at him, you were expecting 100 runs, 100 RBIs, you know, 25-plus homers, somebody hit 300, and, you know, it just didn't didn't pan out to be what – when you throw that kind of money at a player like that, that's what you're expecting, right? If that's Because that's what, you, you know, arbitration does. They go comparisons to X outfield, right? So that's what you're expecting, and as a player – that's, you know, as a fan, that's what you're expecting. The money goes here. That's what I. That's what they're expecting. And, you know, it's unfortunate now that a lot of that stuff doesn't, you know, happen. These guys are, you know, six, seven years into their career as opposed to, you know, Mike Trout who signed but like, two, three years right after to be able to, you know, to give him that, the longevity of it. So it's one of those, Shins a good guy. I mean, he can play defense. He had a great arm uh, when he was in Cleveland for sure. And then, you know, I just – not sure what he, I think he's back in Korea now playing actually. So he lives over here down the street as well. So we see, like I said, we see these guys all the time. So, you know, it's, is he one of those top five Rangers all the time? Could be on the cusp maybe, but I don't, I'm not sure. Let's move
2: on to David Murphy. All right, David Murphy, uh, 2007 to 2013. Um, Throughout his time in Texas, uh, he was pretty much good for 10 to 20 homers, about 260, 270 batting average, 60 RBIs. Um, In 2010, he helped the Rangers to their first World Series in franchise history. Uh, Obviously, that was a huge moment for the club. Um, And then, again, made it in in 2011, uh, where they ended up being just one out away from beating the Cardinals. Um, But, yeah, David Murphy was there through it all, kind of a lunch pail type player a reliable guy, Uh, nothing too flashy here, but, uh, but still, you know, a pretty solid player.
0: Kevin, I'm I'm not sure Murphy did anything great, but he did everything pretty good. You know, he, 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 he didn't strike out a ton and he could field, he could, he could hit it for a little power. He had a little speed and, and the, and the guy could hit for average, pretty decent. What are your thoughts on, on him? No, you're right.
1: He was just, you know, six, seven, eight, Hitter, he could probably could lead off need be, but he, you know, he could play all over the place. And like you said, it just kind of went under the radar type of guy. Because he's David's just a quiet guy. Uh, even when you sit here and talk to him now, he's just kind of low-key, doesn't really say much, just went about his business. So I mean, he was one of those guys that's just, you know, be, be seen, not heard type of guy playing. But he, you know, he was, you know, for them when they were here, um, uh, you know, did did what was asked of him. That's pretty
0: much, you know, what kind what type of player he was. His stats today, he'd be the best hitter on twenty different teams. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final player tonight, and that's going to be Ode B. McDowell, uh, known as Chris Berman uh, as to B. Young again, McDowell. So five seasons with the Rangers. This is um, this is a bit of a sentimental pick for me. I one of my first pack of baseball cards, he was in it, and uh, I kind of liked everybody from that pack. From then on, so that's, that's, that's why I did choose him as my uh, my last player. He's got some. He played for some very 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 bad Rangers teams in the eighties. Um, teams that were winning sixty games, but um, he's got one hundred and twenty nine stolen bases, which is that's that's first tonight. He, the man had some speed. Um, he's led the league in assists in nineteen eighty six. He was very good center fielder as well. Very serviceable, um, top five in range factor, fielding percentage and assists and double plays turned. He was top five in all of those uh, during his tenure with the Texas Rangers. He went on to Atlanta after that. But um, he, he, he's got the Golden Spikes Award for uh, the best amateur player in 1984, right before going pro there. And uh, he represented Team USA, and, and we know he's a nice guy. Um, we had, uh, Dave Stevens on a a prior show and he mentioned that, that Odeby was a guy at the, the tryouts for Team USA that was very helpful to him. And, and some of the other players weren't so nice to him, like Barry Bonds and things like that. So, um, just a good guy, good, solid player. He's our, he's our only speed guy tonight, which is something that's definitely missing from baseball. Kevin, your, your thoughts on Odeby, um. I know he was very popular in Texas at the time in the '80s, and and uh, when he moved on, uh, there were a lot of people that are disappointed about that. But uh, what are your thoughts on him? I don't remember much of Odie here. I
1: remember more, I think, in Atlanta, watching because I was a little, I was younger at that point with him. Uh, we see him ba- rarely. Um, I think I've probably seen him a handful of times. I think since I've been here, I've been here almost 20 years. So, um, and so as far as you know, he was, uh, you said the speed, and you know, you're not going to see those guys stealing bases anymore. That record will probably stand. You won't see that broken. I don't even know what the league leader was last year in stolen bases. So, I mean, it's just, he was one of those guys that could set the table. And you're right, he could could probably patrol the the whole outfield. He could be part of the king in his court he could be the outfielder if uh, Eddie Fainer needed him out there. So, uh, but no, he's, you know, he was just, that's what he wanted. That was a prototypical leadoff guy. I think he was, was he a switch hitter? Or just lefty?
0: No, I think he switched.
1: Yeah, but he can I mean, okay. get on base, bunt, and do all that stuff. So, I mean, he had the speed to do it. And that's what you, – you're not going to see those guys anymore.
0: All right, let's move into our vote. And, guys, tonight you actually can vote for one of your own. So keep that in mind. Um, Brian, we'll start out with you.
2: All right, well, got to get Gonzalez off the list. He's definitely the best guy overall. So.
3: All right. Scott? Uh, I, I, you know, in a short time, I'm going to go with Josh.
0: Okay, then I'll go Ruben Sierra because he's uh, just—he's straight up who I think of when I think Texas Rangers. So, Kevin, you get to add the last two on our list: Joey Gallo, Rusty Greer, Shinsho Chu, David Murphy, and B. McDowell. Thurman for sure, and then
1: he said Murph, O'DB, and gosh, and um, Gallo and Shinsho Chu. I don't even. That's a tough one. Why don't you
0: guys vote on that? I couldn't even, couldn't think of that. I would. Scott, you work for the Hall of Fame. Who would you take with what's left?
3: Uh, let Let's go with uh, Let's go with with uh, Sinchul Chu. Chu.
0: All right, there you go. So, legacy bowls top five Texas Ranger outfielders of all time. We got Ruben Sierra, Juan Gon, Juan Gonzalez. Rusty Greer, Josh Hamilton, Shin Shochu. Let's move into our Q&A for Kevin about his career. Uh, Brian, Scott, and me, go ahead.
2: All right, Kevin. So April 21st, to April 28th, 2006, you were able to put together a super impressive seven game home run streak. Uh, this occurred rather early in the season. So had you been seeing the ball really well since spring training? And, and what was it like in the midst of that streak for you?
1: Never really thought much about it. I know they went back to the shoes, the whole thing about the shoes. So uh, I had left Anaheim. I'd come back to get a shot in my foot, in my toe, and then go to Seattle. I think it was the last game in Seattle it was a night game. I hit a ball probably three, four inches from going out. My bat broke. I ended up with a double because Nevin didn't score from first. And the next night, I started the streak at home, and then you know as the streak progressed you know, the media and everything. And I said, I'd just be glad when you guys just leave me the hell alone. You know, I don't feel like, you know, I'm dealing with this. And I never thought about the you know, hindsight. Should I on that Saturday night? try to. Yes, but I wasn't even thinking about it. You know, like Friday night, we had an off day going into Cleveland. <laughs> um set, t- set the record on that Friday night. And then I never, like I said, I never really thought about Buck never even said much about it as far as you know, hey, go out, and, and I never even thought about it. But like I said, hindsight, I, maybe I should have. But it was just one of those things where, I don't know, I was just, just trying to hit the ball hard like I was taught. Um, I had to talk with Mattingly, I think, later on in the year about it. He did his over the All-Star break. So he had the whole All-Star break with the All-Star game doing it. Um, and then this year, uh, Mike Trout, he's a South Jersey boy getting – tying the record in Cleveland of all places. So, you know, it was one of those two uh, to be able to see that. And he and he You know, being the first right-handed hitter to do it, I think the record before that was five by Frank Howard. So, you know, everybody shows the list. It's all left-handers and a switch hitter in Kendrick's Morales. So, I mean, it's, you know, there were more, there weren't as many, I guess, lefty relievers maybe at the time. So, I mean, as far as, you know, the numbers-wise of doing it, I'm not sure what the numbers were off the lefty, off the righties of, my, of the streak, I think at least. One was off a of left, like two were off lefties maybe, and then five were off righties. So I don't know, but I never really thought about it. I still have the ball somewhere. I have number seven here, number six. I think awesome. the Rangers have because the one in Cleveland hit the hit the hit the fencing and came back on the field. Right,
2: right. Were you, were your teammates giving you like that kind of no hitter kind of treatment or whatever, like not talking to you about it or anything like that, or?
1: Nope, I never even thought about it. Really, just would step the media would show up. You know, you're sitting there, you home hit a homer, and then here they come. Like I'm ready for, I'm ready for you guys just to go away.
3: Go ahead, Scott. All right. Um, as as we've said, the Canadian Baseball of Fame is where I work, and that's why I got my Canada jersey behind me. When I and uh, underneath that's a Blue Jay jersey. Just so I'm totally covered. And under that's an Expo jersey uh, to come very soon. But uh, Kevin, I always wanted to I always ask about different Canadians that these guys play with. I mean, you played with Aaron Mayette in Texas. You played with Matt Stairs in Toronto. You played with Corey Kosti in Milwaukee. You got any uh, good stories about them or what type of teammates they were? They were always
1: fun guys. I remember Aaron Mayette giving me a shirt that had the, the maple leaf on it. It just said, What a boot it on the, on the leaf. He would give me that when he was here. Uh, Matt Stairs, we always talked about hockey. I'm a hockey guy, I love hockey first. I've always been a hockey guy. I grew up playing uh, so I mean, and then you know get a chance to be in Canada uh and seeing some of the the of the uh Blue Jays guys that were hockey guys as, as far as the comment you know the commentaries you get a chance to see them and, and stuff i just I just was always enamored you know Stairs, he could just he was just a max effort guy. he always had a big smile on his face. You know, seeing that uh, my aunt was kind of quiet, kind of guy. Koski was well. Corey was more Minnesota when I played against him, so I played against him and stuff. So and then I, mean, I played against like a stubby clap. I think he's another one here guy. Uh, so there's some other guys that in the minor leagues that that I knew. Uh, Andy Stewart, the guy who played for the Blue Rocks back in Wilmington forever. So a bunch of those guys, but you know, it's. Just it's just it's just different, that the mentality that those guys have because they seem to have that hockey first mentality as, as opposed to right? Because I mean, I think when you're when you come out of the womb in Canada, you're born with skates on for the most part.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: Kevin, your your trade from Texas to Milwaukee. Uh, we've had over probably a hundred athletes at this point on the show, and I've asked a couple of this. Did you know that the trade was coming? What were your thoughts on being traded? How did your family adjust to it? And, I mean, d- did you know it was coming or was it a shock? That, that, that's something that I'm always interested in. It's always, sh- it's always a shock. I mean, there's always
1: stuff leading up to the trade down line. You hear stuff and, what do you, you know, what do you believe? So um, it was one of those where it, the people, you know, they asked, what's being traded like? I said, okay, what are you doing right now? All right, pick everything you have right now, get up and go get on a plane and go to another city and start working again. Right. It's almost as if it, you don't have time to process through it. You just got to get, get to where you need to go and, and move on. And I think the night before I had the 50,000 hit in team history, I think I was traded two days later. So it was one of those things where, you know, it's, it's an adjustment for sure. Right. Because you're, it's culture, I mean, it's not a culture shock so much. It's just a matter of, You've only known one thing, and then here you go. So the, that sec, those last few weeks of being in Milwaukee, it was just, you know, I think it finally hit me where I just was really just all over the place. I think the next year I was able to, you know, really settle in and start fresh as opposed to and, – and some guys are are, are are built differently too, right? Some guys can, you know, can pick up and go right to it, just like a guy off the bench, you know, like a Lenny Harris type pinch hitter guy was probably the best pinch hitter in baseball. Just wired differently than everybody else. You know, go out, go hit, Okay right? Some guys need, I was a guy I needed to play. I needed at bats, five, six hundred bats to, you know, look at the numbers to show to do that. I couldn't just come play sparingly, you know, once a week and do that. So it's, you said everybody's wired differently and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, and had a chance to play to, to put numbers up. So. Same order. Last question, guys. One each.
2: Hey, Kevin, at the University of Delaware, you had a pretty, pretty, very impressive career. I mean, consensus all-american national player of the year in 1898 uh, what is your best memory of your college playing days
1: oh gosh the bats we used to get to use us but minus five 33 28 bats you could hit the ball a mile and and the funny thing was at delaware the wind had blew out to right center kind of like it did in arlington so i had this the swing that was kind of tapered to that we were able to we knew we were trying to hit a ball that way fastballs in we were trying to hit that ball get our hands through it, and hit it that way and that, and that was you know kind of helped me through my career that i think one of the biggest things i did so we were playing so we played in college we played double headers played two games saturday two sunday university of maine comes in first game i you know so we play seven innings i had three home runs the first game to the second so the next day I get up, i had two home runs in the third and then one in the fourth so i went I think 11 for 13 on the weekend with eight home runs. Uh, and I got co-player of the week because I had eight on the weekend. A guy had nine for the year, a buddy of mine from the University of Hartford. So then we go to the next year, we go up to the University of Maine, and the football field runs is in left field. So the so the 50-yard line is probably left center. But So my first at bat, I hit one. I think it landed on midfield. And – uh, as I'm rounding third, my third base coach, who uh, just recently retired, he he played Triple A ball. He is just he's just laughing. He can't even stand up. He's laughing so hard. As I come by, I look, and their coach is pacing the dugout. Paul Kaskata, and he is just yelling and cursing everybody in the dugout because I had just done what I did on top of what I had done the year before. So that was those days with those bats. You could hit it hit it a mile with those things. So going to those days, I miss those days.
3: Hey, Kevin, so I, I, I work in the museum there. I, I see your collection behind you, and it looks like all around you. And the one jersey we can make out is Mike Schmidt, F- favorite player maybe, I assume. Or oh, absolutely. What else, what else do you have there on your wall?
1: Absolutely. The uh, Let's see. The one up top is my – we had a throwback night here in Texas. The jersey up to the right here is my high school jersey. Um, and then I've got a Steve Carlton in front of me here, but I only have so much room here. I've got – Another room upstairs, and in a in a game room upstairs, They're full of my most of my jerseys are, are Philly stuff, Philly jerseys. I Got a chance to meet Mike Schmidt here in Arlington. Got a chance to hang out with Steve Carlton a couple nights up at Windstar and Casino here up in Oklahoma. So I mean, I got a chance to see these guys, you know, guys I grew up watching, and, and being able to be around them. And there's all kinds of stuff. I got all my baseballs, and I collect. I just love collecting. Stuff. I'm I'm always been a fan first. When it comes to this stuff, even, you know, even playing, same thing to go. Still see these guys, you know, footballs and all kinds of stuff. So I just love collecting. I'll pass this along to my son uh, as, you know, and go along. So, I mean, it's, there's all kinds of this stuff. Uh, the vet right there, the picture of the vet. And then the last game at the vet, first game at the uh, Forest State Center, which is now first game, whatever, I don't know what is it is. It changes names every year. So i I'm always a big collector of this stuff. I love it. I don't do it to, to sell it. I do it just from the, the nostalgic part of it. I've always been been that been that guy. So I mean I've got a hockey stick back there, Pierre yeah. Turgeon signed stick. Uh nice. I got some bat. I got a, one of my baseball bats when I played in Cape Cod's in the Barnstable bat company. It's still sitting over there. So I mean I've got all kinds of stuff. I just love collecting things. I'm just <laughs> I'm just that guy. But my wife won't let me put it in so many rooms in the house. So I've got a whole bunch. Of, <laughs> Stuff hanging up. So I played guys I played with, played against. Um, had them sign jerseys just to just to have them. I've got a, a a bat rack upstairs. You see that bat rack there? It holds the one upstairs holds probably a hundred bats. Guys I played with, hall of famers and different stuff. So I've got a big big rack of stuff that I like to just collect and um, you know the nostalgic part of it. Like I said, i just I've always been a fan regardless of what the
3: sport is. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. It's great to see your collection, and, and that you're a keeper of items. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. And the first Hall of Fame I ever went to was the Hockey Hall of Fame. We were up there in Buffalo playing a hockey
0: tournament, and we got a chance to go to Toronto. Nice, nice, so. excellent. So uh, we'll get you to this, but I'm going to make it a two-parter because I had two I wanted to ask. Um, how'd you do your year in Japan? I just want and and how were the cultural differences for you? And uh, if I'm remembering correctly, you were on the Rangers when they brought in A. Rod. Um, was the team shocked that it was the Texas Rangers who put that much out there for a contract? And 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 what you know, what were your thoughts on that? As far
1: as Japan, Japan, it's just a different. It's it's Japanese baseball when I played is is almost is it is like baseball now. It's so much information. Information, 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 information. Was it like the of, movie Mr. Baseball at all? If you see Mr. Baseball, that's exactly how it's run. That's exactly okay. how baseball is run over there. Fans only cheer for their team. They don't cheer against anybody. And it's, it's. I mean, they're great. They're passionate. They're great fans. It's just, it's, it's a lot to take in. They just throw so much information at you, and and it's hard. You know, I was only, you know, and they. If you don't if you're not hitting 10 home runs a night, they don't, they don't want you. They, you've got to produce yesterday. And it was one of those where it's, it's, you know, it's a learning curve too. You've got to learn all new pitchers, you know, other, I mean, granted there were some American guys, but they're few and far between. You don't see them all the time. So you've got to learn new pitchers gonna, and it's, and it's a lot to take in. So, uh, you know, thank you for being over there. It, you know, it was fun, but just, it just wasn't, wasn't me. Uh, and as far as Alex, Alex, they what was it oh two thousand one, I think they signed him. So I wasn't up yet in the big. I wasn't up until two thousand two when I first met him in spring training. Um, but Alex, I mean, it's Alex looked after me. Alex kind of took me under his wing, and we man, we did all we did all kinds of stuff together. He has a, a little group of, of guys, and he really just you know just because you never know that the guy with that at that stature, you know, the, the amount of attention people want. It's, you know, so I was fortunate enough to be in his little group of guys, just be able to hang out with him. Uh, you go down there, and spend time on the state of his house, hang out with he and his family. And so, I mean, it was just one of those things. But, I mean, talent-wise, I mean, if you look at him, the probably the best talented player that I've ever played against or played with, with what he could do. I mean, six-foot, 4 shortstop could throw the ball, could hit it a mile. Could, I mean, he had the speed, and he had the power to do it. Um, and it just seems like the more of the pressure – more pressure there was, the better he seemed to get. So it's just unfortunate they didn't have enough around him for those few years. So I'm glad he got a chance to win a World Series in New York um, and do that stuff. So, uh, but he was, like I said, just a good guy to be around. Just like I said, I got, like I said, I was fortunate enough to learn from a lot of, a lot of guys, guys, Hall of Fame caliber guys, and either pitchers, you know, catchers, outfield, infielders, outfitters. So I just, you know, Pudge, Alex, Juan, Raffi, Kenny Rogers. Uh, Oral were pitching codes. Wetland was here. I mean, it's just the amount
0: of guys around. is just, you know, it was great. Well, thank you, Kevin, for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you coming on. It was a really yeah, good to talk to you. And I want to remind everybody, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, whether it's iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube, whatever. Hit, hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you everyone for watching. We'll see you all next time. Have a great night.